30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Here for all you Arizona homeowners. Good morning. We're here this hour. For those of you that are trying to tackle something around your house, home, castle, or cabin, if you're trying to get something done as it relates to remodeling, maintaining, fixing up, or repairing something on your house, give us a ring. It's what we've been doing for Arizona homeowners here in Arizona for over 40 years. Our toll-free number is one 767 4348. We'll go to work in uh, whatever project it is you're trying to tackle and uh, give you some of the tips and tricks of the trade that we've learned over the years, as well as make some material recommendations as well and tool recommendations. So whatever you're trying to tackle can get done as professionally. You can look at the finished product and say, I did that and be proud of it. Or if you're just trying to get an estimate of something you'd like to get done around the house, Give us a ring at one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. We've been doing remodeling in the Valley of the Sun so long, and we've remodeled in Tucson, and we've remodeled in Flagstaff, and heck, we've even remodeled in Wikiup, Arizona. How many people can say that, huh? So we've got years of data that we've compiled and. I think it's funny in the 8 o'clock hour when we have Julie here from the Farm Bureau, she always teases Romy about what math question are you going to ask the farmer today. Well, I'm we're, we're kind of math nerds that way. So, you know, I take all the remodeling that we've been doing over all the years, and I try and establish some kind of common criteria. Like, how can I tell people what the budget for their kitchen should be? Well, let's see, Rosie. Uh, in the last 40 years, you've probably remodeled several thousand kitchens. Do you think there could be like a common denominator between kitchen budget and what gets spent on cabinets? Or how many lineal feet of cabinets? Or how many square feet of kitchen? Or how much was spent on appliances? So we build all these spreadsheets and criteria for kitchens, additions, bathrooms, and... I, I just love molding my way through those numbers and try and give people an idea of what they should expect to spend on whatever project they're trying to tackle. Sometimes, and most times, I'm pretty close. Every once in a while, I miss really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we keep trying. This week in particular, we're talking about getting ready for the monsoon. And it is the official monsoon now. We've changed the way we figure that by just making it a calendar date, not a function of the dew point. They're telling us that even though the monsoon's getting a little bit later start, we're going to, the conditions are conducive for a wetter than normal monsoon. Just this week, I do things that some people consider very, very nerdy. How many people do you know actually measure the condensate out of their air conditioners? 
up until this week, our two air conditioners were generating about a cup of water a day. Like Humi- eight eight ounce cup. Humidity was under fifteen percent. Condensate was hardly ever dripping out of the end of the condensate pipe. I knew they were open. I knew it was clear. But this week, in two days, my air conditioners generated 11 gallons of condensate. The humidity spikes up to that, you know, 30, 35, 40%. Even the evap cooler on the back patio wasn't quite doing the cooling job that it was last week. So we want to talk to you all about getting outside and taking a look. Do you know where your condensate drain is? If your condensate drain isn't dripping this past week, you better check to make sure it's not plugged or you're going to have what we call a condensate flood where all of that water isn't draining out to the outside where it should be. It should definitely be a extreme wet spot wherever your air conditioning condensate drain is right now. Check it and make sure. Put your finger up into that little pipe and make sure it's wet and damp. If it's not, you've got to get your equipment serviced and you've got to get the condensate drain cleared out. The condensate pan, if you're in a horizontal air handling unit up in your attic, sits in an insulated attic space that kind of tends to be a little bit dusty. Somebody gets up there and does some work or extends some speakers or adds some wiring up there. They kind of stir the insulation up. The pan is already damp, so all that little lint and airborne particles kind of tends to cling to the dampness. And then that pan is shaped so it's supposed to drain to the pipe. So it takes all the lint and all the little airborne particles that have settled in the pan to the little opening at the downside, uh, uh, downhill side of the pan, can get clogged. And baby, if that clogs, all that water, the pan will generally hold four, five, six, maybe 10 gallons. Uh, when it comes down, it kind of comes down in a mess. That's one way we can flood a house in monsoon season that people very often aren't prepared for. Of course, what's another way we can flood a house in monsoon? Roof leak? Roof leak, absolutely. Flash flood? We'll we'll get that. Let's take roof leak first. We have gone through the driest period in Arizona history since I got here in 1965. Since August of 2017, we've registered one inch at Sky Harbor. One inch. That's 10 months, almost 11 months. One inch. You and just an average got, is seven. You just got back from the White Mountains. Uh, uh, we just got back from the White Mountains. We took the dogs and walking around all the lakes up there. There's all the beaches are about 12 feet long and they're about three feet of black mud. Very seldom can you get to the edge of the lake unless it's a rock, you know, shore. So the dogs were like black. From head to toe, and these are and these are white dogs, uh, German short air pointers, and they just swam up a storm. But all the water lines are 
receded quite a ways back. Cattle tanks I've never seen dry in the desert are dry. So you have forgotten about that thing that's over your head called a roof. But the monsoon is coming. We talked about roof all last month to help encourage you to get ready. And if you haven't taken the the time to put someone on the roof and get up there and check it, I'm telling you, you should. The roof material on your house hasn't seen significant moisture for over a year. Last year's monsoon was horrible. We hardly got any. So It was a non-soon. It was a non-soon. It really was. So your roof probably ought to be checked for your own well-being. It's going to react the first time it sees moisture in a way that it hasn't had to react in over a year. So make sure it's ready for that. Aged material, dry, brittle, baking out there in the sun, add a little bit of moisture to it. There's going to be a, a very, very fast shift in material structure that's going to start causing cracks around all of your penetrations and well, seams in the layers. And you know, a, aged roofs are, are at extreme risk of, of water leaks. So be prepared. Uh, if you have a leak, poke a hole in the drywall and just let the water drain from the ceiling down into buckets or whatever you can find around the house. And, um, you know, there, there's really not a lot you can do in the actual time. I mean, the last, the last thing you want to do is get up on top of your roof. In the rainstorm. In the rainstorm, especially if there's thunder and lightning. Especially. <laughs> yeah. That, that would not be something we'd recommend. So get the roof checked. So you've got the condensate flood. Like I say, up until this past week, I could go out to my backyard and the condensate pipe was drip, drip, drip. This week, it was as if someone had a faucet turned on low. It, it was a stream of water filling up the bucket that I measure everything with. So make sure that condensate drain is clean. Let's check our roofs. And and the other thing about roofs is we've had some pretty good wind this year. Well, and and on rain, you, this this already applied to a lot of our Tucson listeners. I mean, they got a good yeah. hard hit. What was that Thursday, or was that yesterday? Yeah. What was I talking to Susan? But in the last couple of days, they got a good good it's rain. It's coming, like, send baby. It, send it. Keep yeah. sending it north. That's right. Well, it was Thursday. last week. I was talking to a guy in in Wilcox of Sulphur Springs Valley. I couldn't even hear him in his truck. The rain was hitting his truck so hard. He couldn't hear me on the phone, and I couldn't hear what he was saying. So there have been some good events down in the south and southeast, so it is coming. So the other the other thing about the roofs is we've had some pretty good wind without the rain. So that's lift a shingle here or a shingle there or thrown a limb up against a concrete tile and cracked it and created a condition conducive for leak. So it would be a good opportunity right now to get out and have your roof checked, have your condensate checked. We're going to talk about two other floods that could happen. You have the surface flood from the monsoon water that, that, that does hit the ground and start running off. And then you've got the plumbing flood. Which one of those is covered by insurance and which one isn't? 
So we're talking floods. We're talking about y'all being ready for floods. And then when we get back, I promise y'all one APS power report per week. You're going to love this one. Y'all hang on. All right, let me talk to y'all about automobile shopping. Uh, We're talking about Ford, of course. Uh, I started looking at some pictures. We're putting a little photo album together, and I was taking a look at me and Jennifer with our first Ford truck that we had together. And it was a 1972 F-150, three in the tree, six-cylinder, short bed, four-wheel drive that we took all over Arizona. And we took it because we could rely on it. And we bought it at Sanderson Ford, and that's where we've been buying vehicles ever since. You know you can buy from home? Go to SandersonFord.com. You get credit, a real credit decision right online. You'll be able to pick from inventory. You'll get the price. You'll make the purchase, and they will deliver the vehicle to your home. That's only at Sanderson Ford. Well, I'm getting a couple texts here from people who are saying, Rosie, you're talking about flooding in Arizona. It hasn't rained in a year. What are you doing? Well, we've actually got callers on the line right now. Romy, you were saying you talked to Susan the other day. Tucson got hammered just the other day. We've got another uh, uh, caller on the line with some damage, and and, uh, people are just knocking on her door wanting to fix it. So we're going to take that, and we're going to finish talking about the two other kinds of flood that you could have in your house, the flood by plumbing break and the flood by surface floods. But before we do, it's a call-in talk show. Our number is one 767 4348. Let's take a couple callers and then I do want to cover the APS utility rate update with some mail that we got this week. All right, let's go to Cheryl. Cheryl, thanks for being so patient and letting me get through that little sermon on flooding, but you have a completely different issue. Let's talk about it. Or maybe I've got an issue that kind of fits into that too. Okay. I am in the process of trying to do a whole house flooring remodel okay. with carpet and tile. I have a partial basement. Ooh, nice. In my home, but the flooring up above in my kitchen area and toward my front door go a part of it goes over the basement and part of it hits the cement wall where the basement ends and goes past that the cement floor. Okay. So this will be the fourth time that we've had this replaced because it keeps uh, the, the grout keeps cracking, okay. the tiles are popping up. Aha! A fourth time in how many years, Cheryl? Um, the house is about twenty-five years old. Okay. And we did a remodel in two thousand nine. So until then, we weren't having any major problems. But we did a remodel with our kitchen and whatever, and they replaced it. And then in two thousand twelve. We had a leak on the dirt side of the basement. In yeah. other words, where the cement wall, right. the line to the kitchen was been leaking for quite some time, and we didn't catch it. So, well, the stru- was- the structural flexing that's occurring between the floor joist over the basement and the concrete slab in the rest of the kitchen is going to be kind of a ticklish spot to keep flooring from not trans 
not not transferring that stress and 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 it's showing. So anything with a grout line is going to be a little bit hard to keep completely beautiful and perfect. Okay. It, it's always going to move a little bit. Uh, some of the uh, more flexible flooring uh, might be a better option. In the years, you said before 2002, I think, is when you said your first remodel was. In the years, 2009, yeah. Nine. In, in the years before that, where you didn't have any trouble, what was the floor that was down? Tile. Ceramic tile with a grout joint, and it never showed any stress. Right. It, but mm. it was small tile. Maybe nine by nine okay. tile or and, whatever. And then did y'all go to larger tile? Yes, we later. Went to larger okay. tile, and right now we're looking to try to go to planks, the barnwood planks. In 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 porcelain. In porcelain, yes. yeah. Okay. Generally, what we would do, Cheryl, is we would put a slip sheet right at that joint between the joist and the concrete, just like we would a stress crack in a concrete floor, and we will span that. And put the plank down. The plank may be a very good application for that, and it may work very well. Um, you say you've had several contractors out there taking a look at it. The fact that it's uh, an ongoing problem. You know, when you told me, when I, when I was reading it, it said we can't keep tile down. We've seen situations on concrete slabs, and you mentioned the leak. Are they doing moisture tests on that concrete? I mean, we've, we've actually had homes on the hills where irrigation water is getting up underneath, keeping the moisture content so high that it delaminates the thin set from the slab. We've solved that problem for people several times. Moisture could be a problem. Just the different material of concrete and wood could be the problem. And if that's our dilemma, I'm going to tell you, let's talk to the contractors you're getting out there about putting a slip sheet down and then to ask them for their recommendation about what material might be most uh, beneficial there at that point. I did. I've okay. had, I mean, the two people that I've had out, one is telling me, talked about Dietra underneath of it. Okay. But the other is saying he doesn't think Dietra's going to work because if it's moving, it's going to continue right. to crack the tile. And the other one as a renovation guy who's, you know, looking, going to look at the floor when he pulls it up, but right. is looking at doing some major screwing down of things he was talking about doing. And well, that could, that could help. I mean, if for any reason that subfloor on the floor joist is, is not severe, you know, extremely well anchored, glued, and screwed down, he could be sol- he could be solving part of the problem by double checking that, but you're always going to have a thermal li- line of demarcation there between the two separate products. So it's 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 going to take some creativity to solve it. It isn't going to be something that uh, is just going to go away. Vaughn Payne <clears throat> Vaughn Payne from East Valley Floors said he he agreed with the Detra. That's one of our Rosie Certified Flooring Contractors, and he agreed with the Dietra. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Cheryl, so now you got two contractors that say the Dietra can solve that problem for you. Kathy and wants to talk about roofing damage in Sun City, and Linda wants to talk about uh, how much energy does a freezer take? 
Bringing it back to your house at my house, Rosie on the house. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in. We have several people that want to talk projects, but I promised y'all one APS report per week. I'm going to cover this quickly, and then we'll get to Kathy and Linda and Bob all waiting on hold. All right, I shared with y'all a letter I got last week. It says, we've been had by APS. My bill this year was $81 higher for one month than it was the same time last year. A $81 a month increase. Same month. This is for May. It had one fewer days. I had less power demand by 22%, and my bill went up 28.5%. We've been had. Well... I would say you probably haven't done a very good job of picking the right power or people that are experiencing big hits like that still have their thermostats programmed for the old time of day peak use clock. If you're still asking your air conditioner to operate off peak noon to 7, you're killing yourself. You've got to reprogram your energy management computers, your thermostats, the timers on your pool pumps, on your water heaters, however it is you're controlling the electricity consumption at your house. You must change that now from 3 to 8. Now, here's a letter I got this week, and the letter starts by saying, don't talk about me on air. (laughs) From May of 2017, he had a bill of $357. May of 2018, he has a bill of $248. He, through smart use of on and off peak, has cut his bill for one month, a hundred and, let me do the math, $109? No change in temperature? Settings? Mm-mm, nothing. Now, I will tell you that he is a very aggressive off-peak power consumer. So he is super cooling. Uh, he only consumes 6% of his entire power all month. 6% on peak. Everything else is off-peak. But he's down at about $0.09 cents a kilowatt. And I'm... Asking you all to look at your bills, take a look at the total kilowatts consumed, take a look at the total of the bill. Don't look at the 27 things that make up your bill. Just do the division, total kilowatts, into total cost. And if you're any above 13 or 14 cents a kilowatt, we can get you down to 10 to 12 pretty easy. I think some of you will find that you're at 18, 19, 20 cents a kilowatt and more. So we can get you down. There's a lot of fear and anxiety over this APS rate change. It isn't as fearful as we first thought it was going to be. And here's proof. A guy that has cut his bill, same house, same air condition. He hasn't upgraded any equipment hasn't made any remodeling changes to his home. He was consuming 6% off-peak before. 
He's consuming 6% off on peak now, so he hasn't changed his habits at all, and his bill went down a hundred and $109 in one month. <laughs> so congratulations. If you're buying on the right plan and you can stagger your power consumption, his demand rate is a 2.4, which is just like incredibly low for the middle of the summer on a house this size. So he's very aggressive. There's not very many people that can keep their peak load demand under four, four and a half, or five. Uh, six and seven is more typical. He's down below three. So he's doing all the right things. So there's my APS report for the week. I promised you one report per week uh, for the month of July. We'll keep doing that each week, trying to get you all to where you're buying the power as responsibly as power. Let's get back to the phones and reach out to Kathy. Then we'll go to Linda and Bob. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, Rosie. Nice to talk to you. Um, I have a question about roofing. I live out in Sun City West. Okay. And this is my parents' house. My dad passed away, but my mom, I'm taking care of her yet. Bless your heart. it has two layers of shingles on. My dad did architectural shingles over the original Del Webb shingles. Okay. And we have all these people ringing our doorbell wanting us to get a new roofing job, claiming that we should not talk to our insurance company but let them go up on the roof and then talk to the insurance company for us to get us a whole new roof, claiming that the original roofs were not uh, very good and uh, that uh, there's no way they can repair them if they're damaged. Now, we had that bad uh, wind last July. Right. And then we had some a little microburst in May now um, of this year. And the, the, our roof is 25 years old. Woo! I looked that up, and it wow. had a 25-year warranty. <laughs> I had someone check it last year, a roofer, and he just quickly walked around, and he said, well, the sun is wearing out some of it in the back and around the air conditioner. Yeah. Now, when I had the air conditioner serviced, uh, checking the condensation line and everything a while ago, he said uh, that he saw a couple shingles lift up on the back porch when he was up there. Now, I I checked last year in the wind. I went with binoculars and looked up as much as I could. All right, good, very smart. It it, uh, looked like it's stable and everything else, but everybody in the neighborhood is now signing up with these people, and they're all claiming they're getting $13,000, $16,000 from their insurance company to pay for a whole new roof. And uh, these guys wanted to climb up on the roof, and they said, don't talk to your insurance company till we go up on the roof and check it out, and we'll talk to them. Kathy, so. have, you, have you got a business card or a written proposal from these guys yet? No. Okay. But uh, some of the other neighbors have gone in on it already. Okay. And their insurance company, is they claim, are, are giving them $16,000 checks. This is a... 2200 square foot house so okay and their house is less than that all right kathy here's what i'm going to want you to do i'm going to want you to get the name of the company and we'll talk during the week and let me see let me see if i can track these guys down and see exactly what they're doing uh because y'all haven't had damage recently right they're just coming in the neighborhood saying the 
old roofs were bad and we can get you insurance work on it? Yes, they're all saying that. Uh, Is it I, more I, than one company? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. they're, they're throughout the whole neighborhood. They're even putting signs on people's lawn before the people even agree to it. Okay, here's what I'm going to want you to do. I want you to be my little detective, Kathy, and for this I'm going to help you out. Just give me the names of a couple of those companies that are doing that. Let me let me visit with them. We'll get your name, your information. Uh, I'll get your roof uh, completely checked for free by two different certified rosy roofers. We'll get their opinions as to whether or not you do or don't need to do something. And I'll get the I'll get the backstory on what these guys are doing to go back and hit the insurance companies and see if it's legit or not. Thanks for the heads up. This is what we do. We play police for the Arizona homeowners. I'm proud to do it. And you said a twenty five hundred or twenty three hundred square foot home. The roof is not right. It'll be larger now. There's a lot of flat roofs in Sun City. Um, this architectural shingles, so it's it's got a it's slope. slope so we're probably at least twenty five, twenty six hundred. Yeah, it would depend on the slope and how big the overhang yeah. is. Yeah. Well, you're for sixteen thousand. You're you're like less than seven dollars a square foot. So this is seventy dollars a square, ten by ten foot. I. That sounds like a pretty cheap roof. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Professionally installed, thirty-year warranty. I'll have to get some pricing, but that—that yeah. that sounds the, like a we'll low take, ball. We'll take a look at it for you, Kathy. Let's go to Linda calling from beautiful Casa Grande. Have we ever decided? Is it Casa Grande or Casa Grande? Depends on who you ask. Linda, what is it? Uh, I say Casa Grande. Okay, very good. I'll say Casa Grande. What are you up okay. to down there? Well, um, I have a question. Okay. We just recently bought a new refrigerator. Okay. And so we moved the old one into the garage thinking that we wouldn't use it. Okay. But I have, I have an older, and that refrigerator is, uh, was made in 2004. And it's about, I think it's 18 cubic feet, 18 plus. Okay. And it has the freezer on top, the fridge on the bottom. Okay. I also have about a 13 or 14 cubic foot ch- uh upright freezer in the garage that I'm currently using that's full of stuff I probably don't need. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, my question is, so I was thinking if I took, because I, now that I have room in the new fridge and freezer in the house, I was going to move some of the stuff out of the, the big freezer outside, bring it in the house, and then maybe I was thinking it would be cheaper to not use the stand-up freezer and just use the freezer part of the old fridge in the garage for the stuff that won't fit in the house or um, I also keep um, buckets out there with water in them and freeze it for the dog so he has nice ice water in the summer. So which would be cheaper to run, the freezer in the garage or the refrigerator or the freezer in the refrigerator part in Pro- the garage? Probably not much different. A refrigerator, freezer, you know, a, a, a new one is going to use about half as much electricity as an old one. And the old one you said is 2004? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, the old fridge is 2004, okay. and the old freezer was made in 2006. Okay. Uh, were either of those Energy Star, do you know? I think the freezer might have been, but okay. I don't think the refrigerator was. Yeah, because the, the Energy Star ratings uh, of efficiency on refrigerator freezers can actually get down to about half. of You, you can consume as much as 400 watts uh, for a modern refrigerator freezer. The Energy Star's... 
generally run about 200 watts. And if you're running a 200-watt refrigerator freezer in the garage 24 hours a day for a month, it's probably costing you about, depending what your kilowatt charge is, but if you're paying $0.10 cents a kilowatt or $0.15 cents a kilowatt, that is costing you between 15 and $20 a month in the middle of the summer. Okay, okay. Well, I did, I did go to the Energy Star website, and I did check both of them, and they were pretty close. I think it came up with like 75 to $85 a year okay. um, for either one, yeah. but, I, but that didn't account for it being in Arizona in the summer, so it, I didn't know how much that affected it. it uh, probably about 20%. Okay, okay. okay. All right. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Rosie. All right, Linda. Appreciate the call. Thanks a million. Do we have? We do not have time to squeeze in Bob. Do we? No. We'll get him on the other side. But Linda, hang on, Bob. Uh, you know, your your garage may also be a great candidate for a patio polyvap cooler or a mini <laughs> split air conditioning unit. Absolutely. You can put all kinds of freezers in there. Absolutely. Okay, so if I put the numerator on top and the denominator on bottom, and I carry the 10. Oh, I was missing a zero there. (laughs) So a 2,500 square foot home, to get the number of squares, you don't divide by 10, you divide by 100. We're talking to you in, in Sun City, Kathy. So you don't have 250 squares of roofing. You have 25 squares of roofing. And a $16,000 divided by 25, not 250, is $640 per square, which is way overpriced. Way. That, that, there's way. some margin in that. Way. I can't, if they're doing three-tab shingle roofs for $600 <laughs> a square, woo! All right. You're, so, you, so they're... We're going to go to work for you, Kathy, and because you called, you're going to work for all of your neighbors. We're going to dig into it, see what we can find out. Let's see if we can get Bob on the air here real quick. He's been very patiently holding. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. Good. Um, my question is on uh, the laundry dryer vent. Uh, is uh, I was cleaning out some uh, some of the, the lint that builds there, okay. and I noticed there's some cool air that's coming out that vent, uh, that vent opening. Is that normal? Now, the dryer is next to a wall, and it, so we don't have a long distance, and it's just that flexible uh, venting or whatever that is used. Okay. It, might I have a leak or some other concern to be worried about there? It's not high pressure, but it is cool coming out. Where Where are you feeling the cool air when you're outside the house putting yes. your hand up? By, yeah. Yes. You're, you're always going to get some amount. I mean, that flex duct inside the laundry room is going to be cooler than the ambient air temperature outside. So it's always going to feel somewhat cooler. If it's not a draft, I don't think you have anything to worry about. No, it's not a draft. I appreciate that. Yeah. One more thing, if I might. When you're talking about the condensation, I went out and checked both my condensates. One of them I have some moisture out. The other one has none. Wow. And we do have have the guys coming out to check at uh, the end of next week, I think it is. Okay, good, 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 good. I appreciate that, too. Now, do you have two different air conditioning units? Yes, we do. Okay. Zoned, zoned, uh, zoned units. Because there should always, in a lot of homes, they'll have two condensation lines, a lower one and a top right, one. Right. So if the lower one gets plugged, <laughs> the top one should, should. should flow. Yeah. Should's a key word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. Well, how much condensation are, are you seeing out of the one that's generating? Not much. 
Really? There's, yeah, there's, there's a moisture, uh, a visible moisture that might be eight inches in diameter. Okay. All right. Well, we were talking earlier, uh, leave Bob up here just for a minute. We were talking earlier about flooding and the different ways a home can flood by condensate, by roof leak, by surface leak, or by plumbing break. Yes. Uh, we haven't covered the last two sources of floods. Okay. Well, well flood being – the reason I called in originally is I wish you wouldn't use flood in those situations. It's rising water. The insurance companies view flood as rising water. What you're talking about is water damage. And you never want to give an insurance company an opportunity to deny a claim. So, so, ne- uh, so never call your homeowner's insurance and say you had a flood. That is correct. That, now, that is where correct. else could you get a tip like that than other than listing right here at Rosie on the House? Yes. Bob, the, the I, other, I appreciate my, you straightening me out. Well, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> we appreciate your show and, and the, the, the information you pass out to us. I find it valuable. All right, Bob. Thanks a million. Thank you. So you say water damage, not flood. I've experienced water damage in the home. Not flood. Not flood. Not the F word. Not <laughs> flood. <laughs> but we wanted to talk about the two other ways you could have rising water damage in your home. And it's the surface floods. And uh, actually Cave Creek, you know, Sky Harbor didn't get much of anything. But Cave Creek in the last event just a couple of weeks ago got an inch. And there was actually surface flooding out there in the north of Scottsdale and Cave Creek area. And you want to make sure that there hasn't been any uphill modification to your drainage. That uphill from you, and and even if you live on a flat area, there's still an uphill. There's still a way the water runs. Make sure your landscapers haven't changed something. Make sure your neighbor's landscaping hasn't changed some. Because, you know, be prepared. The first time we get a good half or three-quarters of an inch of rain in one event, we're going to have surface water issues, and it's going to be, you know, significant. So make sure no one upstream from you has modified or changed anything. And then the last way that we can have a water damage, not an F, not an F, but water damage, rising water, is the plumbing leak. Most of those are covered by insurance unless it's backed up sewer, and they don't cover that. But who would want to, Right. If I was an insurance company, I wouldn't cover anybody's backed up sewer. No way. <laughs> no way. So you've got to have special coverage for that as well. But uh, the insurance company probably will not repair whatever was broken, whether it was a supply flex or a, a line to the washer or the toilets. I would tell you that we highly recommend on those supplies from the valve on the wall to the toilet to the sink to the washer needs to be braided stainless steel and the little nuts on each end need to be brass not plastic it does absolutely no good to have a braided stainless steel supply with plastic nuts (laughs) on either end that's a complete waste of money a complete false sense of security get brass nuts (laughs) 